and I, and I talked to a lot, of, a lot of buddies who are small business owners, I talked to a lot of small businesses, is being really clear on what the priorities of the business are and sticking mm -hmm. to them without getting distracted. Yeah. In 2016, it was a very small age. I didn't know what it was. It was um, people say, hey, Marcus, you're one of the youngest directors of this Fortune 500 company. Um, you run an 85% sales org at this time. You've been promoted every single year. You've broken every single record. You, hit every, you won every single award. How are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just work hard. I remember I wrote my first book and I remember launching it. I remember making 9.95 USD, the first purchase like an hour later. And I, my mind like exploded. Welcome to the How to Sell podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi. And as always, I'm pumped, honored, and excited that today's going to be a really interesting episode. And uh, you know what? I hate introducing him, but I have to because he is my co-host. So Dave, <laughs> welcome back. Oh, it's a strong together. word, man. Go relax. <laughs> what? Hey. Well, for our listeners who might not, or our audience who might not be able to see, are you wearing your Chelsea top? I am. I am. Here yeah. we go. Here we well, are. It's good it's not, it hasn't been a good, great start to the year, but um, no, we'll come back. Well, at least you signed another 25 players and your coach doesn't even know. Well, like sales, it's a numbers game, Louis. We'll get some good players this <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, we're really excited because this week um, we've been, we've had some really great interviews, right, Dave, um, interviewing uh, heads of enablement, directors of enablement, CFOs, we've got CMOs coming up, but obviously as part of our, our playbook build for our audience, um, a key market for a lot of sellers is that small, medium business owner. And I'm really, really pumped because this week we have uh, not just a business owner, but somebody that coaches, trains sellers all over the world. He's got an incredible brand. Um, so Marcus, welcome to the How to Sell podcast. Gentlemen, I'm pumped to be here. I think we'll have some fun, not only because we're wearing matching black colors, but <laughs> we'll just have fun regardless. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good that we've all got facial hair. That's true. That is because, absolutely true. You look amazing. Because <laughs> I was just sharing, you know, I was just sharing with you in the, in the green room, Marcus, how I just got, you know, I've, I've just embraced the beard after I'm 41 years old. I thought I need to show my age. And um, somebody sent me a message on LinkedIn to say my beard looks ridiculous. So thank you for sharing that. It doesn't look ridiculous. They are wrong. Done. <laughs> There we go. I might slip that person in the 50s. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. So, so Marcus, obviously, maybe just before we can um, we jump into this episode, do you want to tell our audience, um, and I know, you know, thousands of people follow you, but just do you want to explain what you do um, in your business um, and how you help people achieve their goals? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. So I'm Marcus Chen, founder of a company called Venley Consulting Group. So we work directly with B2B salespeople, a lot of SaaS, a lot of SaaS sales teams, SaaS reps, help them ultimately max out their comp plan and to stop losing deals every single day, every single month. Uh, but do this yeah. for about four years now. We're a, we're, a, we're a small, small but lean team all across the world. We have a lot of fun doing it, doing it for about four years. Before this, I was in B2B sales for over 14 years. All the way from yeah. down to carrying the bag, doing the job to running big teams of 110 plus employees. Had a lot of fun doing that. So it's been a cool journey, but I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, awesome. Okay. So you've been, you've, you've effectively owned your own business for four years. Mm -hmm. Now, the first thing I want to ask, because I think, you know, even though you're out there teaching people how to sell, 
Do you mind sharing a story of a recent purchase you made as a business owner for your business? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So a most recent purchase was um in it's it's a bit of a, it's, it's a good example because it's also it's an undertaking of uh of making a switch with something I already had in place. So I had already yeah. had a software in place, have been using for you for CR sales CRM, right? Really, really good tool. Yep. And I was looking to to potentially make a move. There are some things, the specific things I really needed. I need a better mm-hmm. data analytics. I need a better better data tracking. I, I need a better way to have the data for the entire customer awareness journey from the time they hit any of my pages to all the way to the time they close. Like I wanted to know from the time they hit a single page, how many days until they become a paying customer, mm-hmm. right? And all the pages they visit in between. And uh, with the current tool I had, I knew it wasn't, wasn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. So very simply, what did I do? I had my tech advisor go and start researching companies. I, had, I, gave, I gave him a little bit of guidance, right? So he's what I call a technical buyer. He can't yeah. say yes to that person, but he can say no to them, right? So he yeah. started having meetings, right, with all these salespeople, and he multiple meetings, demos, etc. And then he came, he came to the table, and uh, he made a recommendation. And mm. I looked at all the facts, I looked at all the data. Uh, I had one call with that rep, and it was done. I mean, I think my whole process, because my urgency level, what, what I want, want it done, is probably three weeks to decide. Right from the time I decide yeah. I want to do something to the time I actually put my credit card over and we started implementing making that change. That's great. That's fast. And did anything during that call um, sort of could you could you could you tell any the the selling that was happening to you on the call or did you control the conversation with your experience? Um, how, how did that call go? Yeah, so it's pretty um, it's pretty interesting. I always like to. It's probably because of my background. I have to see how they're going to take the call. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't want to take too much control. But like, all right, here's what I'm here today. I want to, I want to see this, this, and this. And after this, I'm going to decide and, cl- and you can close me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. let's just see how they do. How yeah. they start the call. What's, <clears> their, <throat> what's their attitude like? How are they going to run this demo with me now? What questions mm-hmm. will they ask? And, and it, was, it was really interesting because it's, it's the same stuff. I always, the same issues I see across the board, right? And... Frank, to be quite frank, they they did a, a pretty terrible job on the demo, <laughs> but because but because I was already in a buying state, yeah, I already knew I was going to buy, right? So I had to guide the demo. It's like, hey, show me this, mm. show me this, show me this. Mm, so nice. I already knew what I wanted to see. Yeah, it wasn't what they were trying to show me. Right. So once I validated what I, my hypothesis about the solution, I had to guide them to the close, if you will. Yeah, it became it was probably the easiest sale they probably had realistically, <laughs> and then because of that. Prior to the call, did they connect with you on LinkedIn, share any content with you? Um, was there any sort of pre warm up towards that? Not really, actually. That's what I was surprised mm. too. I was That's really surprised about that. Um, yeah. In some of the other companies that um, you know, my tech advisor had like met with a couple had like connected with me, and maybe I got maybe one email, and that was it. Okay. I'm like, that so was they, it. Like, I'm like, that was it. No, no, no LinkedIn message, no calls, nothing mm. else. Okay. So they didn't share any insight with you prior or try no. to. Yeah. Interesting. No. Yeah. It was it, literally, I remember the email because it was so, it was like, I'm like, that's it. It was like, 
hey, you know, hey, Mark, you know, hey, you know, hey, Mark, some along the lines like, you know, hey, Marcus, like met with met with Jay on your team, you know, appreciate you taking a look at, you know, XYZ software. Let me know if you have any questions. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Very, okay. very vanilla, very yeah. blah. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> delete. All right. Yeah. You know, thank you very much. That brought me zero value, you know? <laughs> so, and uh, so that's really interesting. So you had somebody that was your technical, you know, your technical influencer or advisor yep. that was going out looking. They went to look, but none of those vendors were proactive to reach out to you right? to, you know, say, hey, here's some insight. These are some things that people are doing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then when they yeah, got to the- shocking. Yeah. And then when they got to the actual call, obviously they went into demo, but do you mind sharing what did their discovery look like? There wasn't really much of a discovery. So- mm. And this is where it's like, I think a lot of salespeople don't understand that. Discovery, I think we, we, we force that we think it's discovery is a step. It's a phase. Yeah. It's like ongoing. It's like, it's, it yeah. never really ends, right? It's always going. So in their mind, they're probably like, cool. I met with Jay, his, his, his operations person. Discovery done, check. Demo yeah. with that person, check. Now I'll have a demo with the owner. Gonna could be a check. So we get on there. That's kind of like in their mind what they had, like what they're going to do. So their mission was, I'm going to show a cool demo. And in their mind, you know, I could tell they already had all these things they wanted to show me. Yeah. So again, the call is very normal. Poor. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Cool. Awesome. Well, hey, let me go ahead and share my screen. And uh, let me kind of show you a couple things on Zoho. This, this, Mm. and this, 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 and this. You know, like yeah. it wasn't even, it wasn't even interactive, right? So, like, if he showed me something, I'll be like, hey, actually, hold on, like, on this page, I'll, like, show me, show me the pipeline. Yeah. How does the pipeline work for you if you do this? Like, how do you do this? Show me the analytics on this page. How does this mm. work? Right. So, I, because I already knew what I was looking for. Now, yeah, I was an inbound lead, right? Meaning, mm. like. like I'm gonna spend money with somebody. <laughs> I'm super warm. Yeah. I'm spending money with somebody, right? Like it's gonna be you. Don't mess it up, basically. So that's what was interesting that there was wasn't really much discovery. Um, yeah, there wasn't really there was no like real like follow up steps, right? You know, like I think if if yeah. I didn't say okay, cool, let's let's do this. Send me over the payment link. <laughs> they probably <laughs> I had to say that. You know, like, I had to close myself basically. So. You know? So this is this is great, right? Because I think you you're absolutely right. Obviously, different buying intent inbound versus outbound. Yeah, and we can talk about that. You know, and another there's probably another podcast. But you already had a solution. You were looking to move. Mm-hmm. What was the like? What was the outcome you were looking to achieve? Like, you you know, obviously your CRM was achieving something, but it obviously wasn't mm-hmm. giving you what you needed. What did yeah. that outcome? What was that outcome that you're looking for? Pardon the interruption, but I have to let you know about this free resource. The Growth Forum newsletter has over 10,000 subscribers that are learning how to sell. Each and every week, we send you tips, strategies, and also some tools and tech on how to achieve the most out of your sales pipeline. If you're ready to level up, sign up for free at growforum.io forward slash newsletter and get the first issue this week. So, um, and this is where I might be a little different, like, I'm a, I'm a very decisive person 
as, as you yeah. know, Luigi. If I know I want something, I already decide why it's going to help me overall. Mm. And I know I've already aligned to how it's going to overall impact me across the board. Yeah. So, for example, I already knew, like I already, already decided, hey, in order for me to have better data, I need, I need to have a system that can manage the data, provide me the analytics, but which more importantly, I can use the data analytics to make better decisions for the business. Yeah. So this allows me to understand, should I drive more traffic toward this lead magnet or that lead magnet? Hmm. Is this one have, does Aye. this one have better conversions or does this have does X have better conversions? Uh, when we look at our prospects cost journey that buys, what pages they look at? How, how often, mm. like how much time they spend? What's resonating the most? What can we add? What can we move? So I wanted that all that data to make better decisions for the business, the business will grow. So I already made yeah. that connection where I'm like, a CRM that can do all these things, that has this data, will help me grow my business. I already made that connection to business impact. Yeah. Most, most people may not get to that level. Yeah. Right, on their own. They need a salesperson to help guide them there. I already gotten there. That's why I was, I was such an easy sell. But most mm. people, you know, like, hey, it looks pretty nice. This seems like a nice to have. Like they hadn't quantified it out. I quantified it out already. I'm like, mm. cool. If I want to scale to 10 million a year, then I'm going to need these things in place now. Like I can't mm -hmm. have things that's going to only take me to seven figures a year. I need something to be beyond that. Yeah. Was the sale rep able to get that information out of you during the call? Or was it no. you had these in the back of your head and you were just asking the questions to verify your thought? Yeah, I had already made the sequential connection in my mm -hmm. mind. I have this problem. Here's a solution. It helps so solve this problem of data analytics, which will tie to my business impact. It's bigger. Yeah. So I made that. I, I connected all the dots myself. And I, okay. most buyers aren't going to do that. No. Most are not going to do that. Yeah. So really, if I was to summarize... The key reason you're looking to change from one vendor to another, one platform to another, mm -hmm. because the ultimate goal that you're trying to achieve is you want to scale from seven figures to potentially eight figures, that's and you have a lack of data that's preventing you mm -hmm. from building the strategy that will allow you to get there. Correct. That's it. Right? That's literally it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the ultimate ROI was a fundamentally growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. And on top of that, I knew the inverse. By not doing it, it would cost me, mm. you know, eight, yeah. nine million a year. Yeah. So that's the I cost knew that. Of being <laughs> yeah, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I already mentally knew that <laughs> walking yeah. in. That's interesting. Yeah. Look, as Louis mentioned earlier, you share a ton of valuable content across various platforms. Um, so it's not hard to find you and what you share, right? Um, but were, was that seller prepared? Did they reference anything that you spoke about or any of the content no. you pushed out there and blend that into the conversation at all? Not, not at all. And that's what I always find kind of fascinating, right? <laughs> like I understand like there's there's some some prospects, like they're like ghosts online, mm. right? Like, you know, they have a LinkedIn profile, no picture, you can't <laughs> find anything about them, right? You know, the picture on the website is from like 20 years ago. And, you know, <laughs> but... If you just Google me, you can find me relatively easy. I'm the top yeah. ranked search. Not just not to my own home. Like I, Marcus Chan is not many, that, that many Marcus Chans out there. I'm like, <laughs> you can find me very easily, and you can use you can just consume anything about me, and you can pretend to know me within seconds. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, know? it's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you got I got to ask this question. Yeah, 
are you now, is that CRM vendor or is that CRM provider, are they a customer of yours now? Uh, you know, they're not. They're not. <laughs> and they should be, they, right? They need to be, they right? Because if that's the yeah, type they of job they need done, to be. Yeah. They need to be on your prospecting list, man. I, you be trained you're 100% right. You're 100% <laughs> right. Yeah. It's always crazy. I'm like, all these sales enabling tools all need more help with their sales. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so this is, this is, this is great. Right. And I think, so we, we, we've touched on one aspect of what was driving you to change, right? The fact mm -hmm. that you are looking to grow and you just lacked some visibility over and what your strategy could look like, but I'd love to understand as a business owner, because obviously running a corporate P and L with tens of millions of dollars is very different to running a P and L with, you know, six, seven, right. even eight figures. Right. right. So, mm -hmm. but if you're looking from a business owner's perspective, what are some of the key challenges that you experience in your role? Mm. So um, it's interesting. So I, I can actually speak from the vantage point because I used to run a, uh, it was a nine figure PL, right? Yeah. Um, so before I'm in my corporate life, and I can speak yeah. with a, a small business owner, right? And you just have different headaches. Yeah. Right? Um, and also because I was working in corporate environments with different pressures. So, which which would like to speak speak about either a, a small business owner or from a corporate environment? I can talk about either other. I'd one. love to hear from a small business owner because they're they're very different, right? I mean, I, yeah. you know, when I ran my sales team and when it wasn't my money that I was playing with, right? So I could hire like yeah. if the hire didn't go yeah to plan. Yes, it's yeah. it's bad, but hey, it's not my cash that I was burning, mm -hmm. right? But as a business yeah. owner, if we make a wrong decision. It could mm -hmm. it could stunt our growth for a period of time, right? Totally. Because that cash flow, survival allocated, mode. yeah, a bad decision could mm -hmm. destroy the company. Correct. It's 100%. a completely different operating and pressure because it's also my own money, right? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think some of the challenges, and I, and I talked to a lot, a lot of buddies who are small business owners, have a lot of small businesses, is being really clear on the priorities of the business are and sticking mm -hmm. to them without getting distracted. Because you yeah. know, when you own your own business, you're always getting pulled so many different ways and you're, you're always like trying to block the noise down and be focused. So mm -hmm. it's like being clear on the priorities are for the business and then ultimately making sure every decision you make is aligned to those priorities, whether it's intentional or unintentional. And I would even argue potentially even at a bigger level, it's the same thing, you get different worries and concerns, right? Um, but you also know, as you mentioned, one bad decision has a way mm. different impact on small business. It could cripple yeah. the business. It could shut the business down. It could stunt it. But the one right decision can pay long-term dividends as well because it, it goes in inverse. Mm. Yeah. So it's why it's always so key to be really clear on what, what your priorities are. And some small businesses have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea. Mm. And what what's, um, I'm always in intrigued in this. Look, I've been a business owner for pretty much all my life very similar to, to Luigi. What um, what made you change course from uh, from the corporate world uh, to a world of entrepreneurship? Two very different worlds. It's a- Very different. You know, it, takes a, it takes a lot. Um, they're two very different characters uh, from comfort to, to flight or die. What made you make the, the, the change? So first of all, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was never a goal, never a plan. Uh, my parents were entrepreneurs. They came to America with absolutely nothing. You know, and because of that, they actually went and they started a small business, a small restaurant. That was mm. super hard. 
They tr- they try to do that. So I saw I'm like, oh man, I don't want to work in a restaurant 80 plus hours a week and barely make ends meet. I was like yeah. a terrible life. That's not what I want. Let me kind of go the corporate route because I didn't become a doctor or lawyer like they wanted me to. So the corporate <laughs> route. So still, even that time, I still didn't want to be, I, I still was like, I was like, working in corporates, like getting paid to uh, own your own business. That, that was kind of my, mm-hmm. my mental belief. And I learned a lot. Um, and what was interesting was um, I started in 2007, my, my corporate career. I didn't start getting kind of the itch until probably 2016. Yeah. In 2016, it was a very small itch. I didn't know what it was. It was um, people say, hey, Marcus, you're one of the youngest directors of this Fortune 500 company. Um, you run an 85-person sales org at this time. You've been promoted every single year. You've broken every single record. You, hit, you won every single award. How are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just work hard. I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> yeah. And they said, you should just write a book. I'm like, that sounds stupid. I'm not going to write a book. Then I'm like, that's an interesting idea. So then I started looking online. I'm like, maybe I should write an ebook. Now, this is before ebooks were a thing. It wasn't as popular back then. So I'm like, let me just buy an online course, learn, my, learn how to do basically create an ebook and like mm-hmm. automate it. Right. Cause that was like, now it's super easy. But back then, 2016, though, that was, there wasn't as many tools available. Right. Yeah. So I bought a course, I learned how to do it. And I remember I wrote my first book and I remember launching it. And I remember making $9.95 USD the first purchase like an hour later. And I, my mind like exploded. <laughs> like, because yeah. in my head, in my corporate career at this point, I, I was having business conversations, sales conversations, and closing people in person. Right, mm-hmm. uh, my parents are entrepreneurs. People were coming in. We took their money. Here, a stranger online gave me money. I didn't talk to. Shit, blew, blew my mind. And at that point, I'm like, "This mm-hmm. is interesting." Honestly, you can't can't leave for 9.95, right? So I'm like, "What else could I build?" And then I learned about online courses. And again, this is before everyone in the mother had online courses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. "Bought another program. Learn how to build an online course. Automate everything." And then I remember it took me two years to build out because I was still like I was in a hotel room about 100 nights a year traveling nonstop. On weekends, I built I built this online course for B2B salespeople. It was my first like I think people will want this. No idea. I launched it in January 2019. And after two I remember after two years, I'm like, oh, this is such a waste a waste of time. I'm pretty sure no one's gonna buy this because I didn't have a LinkedIn audience. I didn't yeah. have really any audience. I, th- I think at the time I had about 10,000 Instagram followers, and, and I told you like it has. Instagram has been eh for me, right? And I'm like, let me just kind of put a post out there and see what happens. And uh, I woke up overnight, made $2,000 overnight. I'm like, oh, this is different. $2,000, much better, much better, yeah. a little bit better than 95. And I saw the opportunity. And at this point, because I'm in my corporate career for you know well over a decade, I'm like, what else do I want to do? And I, I got to yeah. this point where I, I, I felt like I could do more. It was just like mm-hmm. this itch. I felt like uh, even though I had a really good reputation, like I'm still in their training videos to this day. For I'm still in their corporate training videos. And I'm like, yeah. but I know I could do more beyond the company. And I felt like um, I was getting like, just like tied by leash. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like fully do what I want, be what I want, impact more people, right? So mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, let me just kind of time this out. I was strategic about it, right? Because, you know, I got a lot of equity. I got, it was part of my comp. I had to kind of time it out. So um, I had presence club. That doesn't happen in the summertime that year. So I wanted my, my, my presence club trip. I knew my, my stock, my stock was going to vest. I knew my earnings calls coming up. So it skyrocketed after that. So I kind of timed all these kind of big event, events 
And then I went yeah. all in in September 19, 2019. And I'm like, this is it. I went all in on, on the, just do my own thing. And that was my, yeah. that was my leap. That's, that's been almost four years. It's crazy. What yeah. was that? Um, what was that feeling like that day that you walked out the door and it was day one in your business? Yeah. So first thing I did was I deleted Outlook on my phone. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my account completely opened up because I had, I, I had, I was on calls all the time. So it means. Yeah. That was amazing. And then uh, it was the oh shit moment. <laughs> it was like, what, what did I just do? You know, like, because at, at this at this point, like, you know, my friends and family, all they saw was like, here I was running fancy suits and I'm, I'm flying around corporate jets, you know, doing cool things, big sales team. I'm always posting pictures of me doing all these cool things. I'm always at Presence Club. They're like, this he's got a great life. Yeah. Like, did he just throw that all away for what? Some little coaching business? Some little, some little startup business. Like, is that mm. is that the right move, right? So I got a lot of critique, yeah. a, lot, a lot of haters for sure, and uh, I had people that were second guessing me, questioning me. And it was interesting, even though I'm not, last company I was at, even though I was there for most of nine years, a lot of people closed the door to me, right? Like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of that was that was interesting. You start seeing who your real supporters are, right? <laughs> you see who are the supporters and, and who are the reporters. So people who report on you and you're doing <laughs> bad, right? Yeah. So like. There was that oh shit moment right after. And um, then I was like, let's get to work. And then the next two weeks, I'm like grinding. I'm busting my tail, working super hard. And it was interesting because I worked for for two weeks. And my wife said, how's it going? Because she had she'd been kind of like, give me a little space. And I said, oh, it's amazing. It's been absolutely incredible. And she's like, cool. What have you, what have you been up to? And I'm like, I have no idea. And I realized for two weeks, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no plan as an entrepreneur because you, 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 you have no semblance of structure anymore. It's all you. Yeah. yeah. I came, I had all the structure before, but as a creation of what I'd done and the systems already in place to now yep. it was white space. So hmm. it was a pretty, a pretty, pretty interesting time. But fortunately I uh, put a plan together and got to work. <laughs> Do you have a great product? but are struggling to reach more customers? Are you spending hours on sales activities that aren't generating results, leaving you feeling frustrated and discouraged? The Sales OS program is a step-by-step operating system that will help you slash your selling hours in half while rapidly growing your revenue. In under just two weeks, you can be well on your way to creating predictable revenue. In Sales OS, we'll show you how to build predictable sales pipeline build lasting relationships with your customers, and sell more in less time. The art of negotiation and motivating and leading a successful sales team. If this sounds like something that you need in your business, visit growforum.io forward slash sales and apply to see if you have the right mindset to achieve predictable revenue. The Sales OS program is your ticket to predictable revenue. Don't wait any longer, apply today. But, and this is, I think, You've just shared so many um, nuggets of gold because I think for a lot of sellers, this is where they need to be looking. If they're if they're prospecting into that business owner and it's early days, they're not going to have all those systems and processes built. They're going to oh. have gaps, right? Um, oh, yeah. And this is where that research for me is fundamental. Like Correct. I know by looking at your profile, you have a system in place. So it would be remiss of me if I'm selling to you to talk about systems and processes because mm-hmm. you've already got that. I wouldn't be talking about establish. Right. I may be talking about optimizing, right? 
Correct. But I just want to go back a step because you mentioned tied by a leash. Um, mm -hmm. And one thing that I love about the content that you share, you bring your personal aspect, you show family photos, what you're doing with your time outside of work. Um, how important was the decision to build a lifestyle business, like to actually have freedom? Because obviously the corporate world yeah, mm -hmm. happened to me, man. That's why I left. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It's so making great money, but I was limited in time, right? Like mm -hmm. um, how important was that in your decision to move from a corporate to starting your own thing? Oh, it was huge. Um, and I'll, I'll share exactly the moments that it hit me. So I remember some, uh, we, had my, we only had one kid and we had a kid yep. in January 2017 and I'm traveling all the time and yep. it's, it's, it's going good, um, but there, and my wife works full time. And, but there was always this guilt because I was traveling yeah. during the week. So I, I wasn't that, I, I, I felt like I was letting her down as a husband, as just being a, a yeah. good dad, I let my kid down. That was like, that, that already felt bad. But then mm. we started uncovering that my kid has all these food allergies. So as he got, as he started yeah. getting a little bit older, six months or feeding him food, he'd have a reaction. My wife would have to rush to the hospital or go in the emergency vehicle to go to the hospital. And here I am stuck in some city so if I had to get on a plane, it'd be another four hours to get back. <clears throat> so like, and there's something like of guilt, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so like, when, when I came back, I'm like, you know, I, I, I take over and stuff. But still, it wouldn't alleviate that, right? Mm. Um, and that really bothered me, you know. And that's why when I, when I was going to build a business, I, I wanted to be a lifestyle business. Now, yeah, because there was things I was missing. I knew I I, I couldn't do pickups to I couldn't do pickups yeah. to school, drop off to school, any type of school thing that I have, even though he was really young at the time. Didn't have any. I couldn't do those things. I'm like, oh, I hope it's on a Friday. You know, while I'm in town, right? I hope it's like when I'm when, on these days I'm here. But it wasn't mm. always the case. So mm. then I remember, and, and I remember like when I started my business, it was like it was cool. But the exact moment it really hit me, this was the right decision. I remember it was about one month after. So it was, about, it was like it was like end of October, and yeah. at this at this point, my kid's pretty young. He's like two and a half years old at this point, and I remember normally. He falls, gets hurt, runs a mom. <laughs> and at, at that moment, it, it, it made sense because I was like, this it, it just it's kids like moms. That's probably what it is. That's a story I told myself. But yeah. that moment in, in October, he fell, he started crying, he ran to me. And I realized at that point, because I had been home for the last four to six weeks, every single day, yeah. we had a different bond that was deep, a di different level because I was actually there. Yeah. And that's when I was like, that was the right move. I'm so glad I did it. And mm -hmm. that's where it's like, there it was a huge part of the decision why I'm like, now I can actually be the dad I want to be, be the husband I want to be, and have zero restrictions. As long as I can build this life and fight through the hard parts of being an mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Yeah, boom. That's, so, you know what, that's, that's, that's not just powerful, but I think, again, for a lot of people um, that start their own business, that like that was my motivation, right? I needed that freedom and flexibility. Um, and if we tie that back to you know you buying a CRM, potentially there could be a connection to say maybe hundred percent you're not getting what you need is actually pulling you back into the business, and you want to pull right. yourself out of the business. And so 100%. nobody uncovered that, right? So for me, that's hundred percent. That's why I always like to ask. I, I try to find that out. Um, but mate, I, I just want look. We could be literally talking for for another hour or two, Marcus. Because whenever I talk to you, man, I'm just I get so connected. I just want to say, mate, I want to 
before we wrap up, um, obviously, uh, I want to say thank you, man. Your contribution you make to our community is incredible. And we will drop in our show notes where you can find Marcus. Um, he pr- drops content pretty much, I think, every day. Do you do seven days a week? On Yeah, seven days a week, typically 12 pieces of content a week. We're about to ramp it to 19 um, a week. I yeah, do, I do one a day, we're man. We're scale, we're scaling up, baby. We're scaling up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, yeah. thanks, man. I, I, I think I do all right one a day, but now this guy does twelve a week. I'm gonna have to, Dave. We're gonna have to increase our content just to keep up with Marcus. But man, yeah, I just want to say, Marcus, a flywheel, you, a flywheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, thanks for honestly. Like, I really do. Uh, I say this with a lot of gratitude because there are pieces of content that you share that get me. It, it stops me. And especially the mm. one that you shared recently with your young man, it, and it really sure, stopped sure. me. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. Um, it just makes you kind of change your perspective and get you thinking a little bit differently. And that is the content that I feel is the most valuable out there. Right. So mm. thanks for what you so do much. for our community, man. Thanks for being on our podcast. Dave, do you want to sort of say anything before we, we move into the next segment? Nah, thank you so much, Marcus. I, I reckon probably your hardest sale, um, being, you know, similar cultures to, to Luigi and I is how did you sell this to your mum and dad when you're going from the corporate world <laughs> to entrepreneur? But we'll maybe save that for another episode. We'll, we'll, sa- we'll save it later. I'll we'll show all the proof how to do that build up. So I'll tell you. <laughs> the biggest sale of your life. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next to selling the wife, you know, that was it. So. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you so much. Luigi, that was a great episode with Marcus. Yeah, like what yeah. were your sort of one to two key takeaways that you got from him? Oh, man, there's actually probably more, but I, I want to – there's a couple of key things that I think we need to be focusing on here, right, is that, you know, the fact that obviously, yes, he he used a technical um, trusted advisor to go out to market to do the due diligence on the type of CRM vendors that could help him. Um, the first – key thing that we need to highlight is which i find really really um you know it's fascinating that none of those salespeople decided to reach out to marcus directly and so i think you know if if that was me in the salesperson's position um it's not about going over the head of the technical advisor but you can absolutely engage with that buying committee. Now, in this case, it was the technical advisor and Marcus. Marcus is owning, you know, a small business. Yeah. There's not you know, multiple, multiple stakeholders. So it would be easy to reach out to Marcus on LinkedIn, given how much he shares, reference his content, say, hey, love this piece that you posted on X. Just wanted to let you know, I met with Jay, your technical advisor, about your CRM requirements. Um, thought it'd be great for us to connect and I'm happy to share some insight that can help you through this process. First touch, second touch. Hey, here's a couple of, um, you know, use cases or here's some insight around how company X similar to your size business was able to achieve X result by looking at this sort of data, right? So I think that's the first key takeaway that from that particular example, Mm-hmm. Nobody took the time to earn the right to win his business. Yeah, I found that amazing where like mm. he's using a CRM now. So yeah. why wouldn't you ask him, like, all right, Louis, you you're on CMM, you're on CRM X. Why yeah. are you looking to move? What's the gap? 
yeah, then absolutely. that would have been, that would have led his demo, his or hers demo. Correct. You know, they would have walked through, okay, cool. So you, you know all the basics of the CRM and everything like that, but here's what you told me and here's how we solved that. Yeah. Um, you know, Marcus exactly. is like, you know, he's, he knew what he wanted exactly. So mm. he was asking the right questions, but not everyone knows. Yeah, exactly. But, but even take that, take the CRM demo away, right? The fact is he's not after a demo of the platform. He made it clear, right? The impact. So if we go, you know, he, he mentioned why he left his job. He left his job because he wanted freedom. He wanted yeah. to be off the leash and his family was really important. Obviously there were some things that are happening in his business that are, that are, that are restricting his growth, right? And potentially that restriction of growth means he might be getting back into the business. So that's a pain point. Yeah. He's getting back into it because he's not understanding what's happening and his growth is being stunted. Hmm. So he's not buying the CRM. He's buying the outcome. It's going to enable him to achieve. It's going to enable him to have that freedom back. It's going to give him more visibility on what strategies he needs to put in place. That's going to connect that growth that that's going to enable that growth. So the demo for me is irrelevant here because if the salesperson had had gone into that process to say, Hey, share with me, you know, what's the outcome you're looking to achieve from this, mm-hmm. you know, what's currently happening that's causing some issues that's stopping you from achieving those goals. Once they can identify that and know exactly what's driving them, then they can say, hey, let's share. I can share with you exactly how you can achieve X result. Yeah. Because it might also be that it could be a way in which he's managing a certain process. So, because that's the other thing, don't sell to the way they're doing a process because I say, this is the way I do something. Well, hang on a second. And I was on a call, you know, this week um, where I saw this happen, a discovery call where the prospect was saying, this is how we do this process. This is how we want to do this process in the new platform. And I'm, th- I'm sitting there observing going, hang on, why isn't the salesperson saying, I can understand why you're doing it this way, but there is actually a different way to do it that'll give you that better result. And they didn't advocate that. So they weren't becoming that trusted advisor consultant, right? And this is that's why there's a big gap in the way that those CRM vendors sold to Marcus is they a they didn't do any nurturing insight led um, education right they weren't trying to earn the right to 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 win his business um, they didn't define the future state and define the gap so another key takeaway. They didn't, they didn't then present exactly how they could help him achieve that goal. Right. Um, and ultimately they didn't connect the emotion to the sale because think about it, Dave, people buy with emotion and they justify with logic. Yeah. If they had defined how much time he was spending in his business that was taking away from his family, right. Mm -hmm. If they had to define that, then it didn't matter what he would be paying for it. Yeah. But look how easy that would have been because he actually, if they looked him up, he posts about that. He posts, he shares, he posts he shares about family. About yeah. his son. Um, you know, but being a founder, solopreneur, freelancer, call it what you want. If you work for yourself, you know, you, you're looking for obviously one, financial gain. But two, you want freedom. But yeah. in order to get to that freedom point where the financial gain follows, 
you know, we're there, we're there now again. It's you, you're having to put in a crap ton more work mm. in yourself, in the business than you yeah. were working for someone else. So time is your biggest enemy. Priorities is another one. Mm. And then moving on to the like, tool switching, major pain in the ass. So there needs to, yeah, especially yeah. if it was an inbound lead, right? So selling to someone that's come to you, they've obviously got a burning platform. They've reached out to you. So, you know, you'd argue, you'd argue that a quarter of the sale process is done. It's now up to you to find, you know, what's yeah. that main reason why. Um, so the sale model is different. Yeah. But that goes back to that whole, if it's an inbound lead, right? The magic question that I, I don't know, I've, 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 and I've, I've listened to thousands of calls of inbound, right? And like only 10 to 15% of calls, uh, I hear this question, what's motivated you to reach out to us about X, yeah. which is the most important question for inbound, right? That would have unearthed a whole range of things from Marcus, but you're absolutely right, that tool switching. But the other thing to also, I think we need to highlight is if you are selling to a small business owner, right? have a look at their um how long they've been an owner because if they're in that first six to 12 months mm. they're going to have a lot of gaps in their business they're building process they're you're right like they're doing there's priorities there's this they're trying to deliver work they're probably doing their bookkeeping they've probably right it's there's a whole range of things that they need to focus on but if they're more of an established small business three four years you'd hope that some of those things are in place but that's when your questions that you prepare before the call are pretty important because you want to define where are they at in their journey? How, you know, how many process have they built? Because it could be the difference between saying, well, there's no point talking about setting up process because they've got some, we're now talking about maybe optimizing because that's preventing X growth. Yeah. So this is why that research is absolutely fundamental. And as he said, none of them did their research. None of them came prepared none of them brought a point of view there are so many holes in that sales process so just to you know before we wrap up they're the key things that what i would do in selling to that small business owner research you got to do your research um try to come up with a hypothesis on where they're at in their journey right come up with some key questions yeah know their motivation to wanting to change get clear on the outcome that they're seeking to achieve and show them how they can achieve that outcome and bring the emotion into the sale, right? If you're able to wrap that up and sell that to the business owner, remember the key thing as well, the impact is far greater to that business owner because the growth is going into his pocket. Hmm. And yes, the growth is going into someone's pocket in a big corporate, but it's a very different sale from an emotional perspective. Well, there you have it, uh, community. Luigi dropping sales gold bombs <laughs> left, right, and center. Yeah. You can't avoid it. It happens on every episode. I think <laughs> that, that, that was the biggest takeaway for me, right? Like, even what you said there, like, and I've never done mm. that. I've never thought about it in that way. Uh, mm. Like, I've done my research and things like that in the past, but looking, especially if you're selling to a founder, freelancer, et cetera, looking mm. at how long uh, they've been in the yeah. business for, Again, there, there's another granularity item that you can then tailor your messaging to. Hey, I've seen mm. you've just started your business. You're probably, you know, uh, tracing your feet, trying to set up systems. Great. Yep. Or oh, you've been in four years. You probably got some great systems. Here's how we can amplify that. Correct. You I completely got to change yeah. your messaging, right? Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. Because their journey is different. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's I think probably a great way to to wrap up today's episode. Um, there is a ton more quality conversations like this coming out, where we talk to others from different industries, different personas, different roles on how they sell and how they like to be sold to. Yeah. So if you're looking to level up your sales game, how to sell podcast is where to go. You can find Absolutely. us on growforum.io forward slash podcast and on YouTube. Um, until then, uh, happy selling and kick some goals. Yeah. And don't forget, folks, subscribe to us, hit the like button, um, and connect with us on LinkedIn. But, you know, make sure you keep following our content because, as Dave said, we've got some incredible content that we'll be sharing. And these playbooks are going to be a game changer to not just help you create more opportunities, but close more deals. And to prove you're listening all the way to the end of this episode, Follow Louis on LinkedIn and just uh, do a public comment on how much you like his beard. And let's uh, <laughs> let's make it. <laughs> but on that, see you all later.